0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome
1: to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher, and my co-host is Grace Duffy. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media, We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On this week's show, we explore what marketers need to know about the changes coming from Instagram and Facebook expanding search ad placement with special guests, Jen Herman and Amanda Robinson. So Jen Herman, our first guest, is an Instagram-loving writer, speaker, social media consultant, and you can learn more from her site, Jen's trends. That's J E N N S trends. Welcome back to the show, Jen.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited. All the good things are going on this week.
0: Yes. So the big news obviously is there's lots of Instagram news. The biggest news is the Instagram publishing officially coming to the desktop through Facebook creator studio. I mean, how excited is are you for this? This is something actually that I found out about from you first and immediately said, hey, Grace, ping Jen. She's got to come on the show and talk about this. And then because there's no there's not been an official release no. on this at all. No, uh, I only first this morning saw it finally in my account when I went into Facebook creator. And then it okay. said, you can now do da 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 for Instagram. Click here and get started. And so anyway, I'm stealing I mean, your thunder. Tell no, us about no. this and why you're excited. <laughs>
2: So there hasn't been a release, right? I mean, a couple publications came out and talked about it. People found out about it. More publications wrote about it. Technically, if you go to Facebook, like in their help center, it is listed in there as a function that you can do within the creator studio. So Facebook does, you know, admit that this is a function, but they haven't come out. Instagram hasn't announced anything about it. Not that any of us have seen. So I'm assuming it hasn't been announced. Um, But yeah, it was kind of this like, it had been rumored it was coming, but no one really knew. And then poof, it was just kind of there. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good for people who are using Instagram regularly and want to have that scheduling functionality. It doesn't necessarily replace a third party tool. So if you're using something like Agora Pulse or Buffer or, you know, Tailwind or something like that, it doesn't really replace that. It's, basically the same thing right it's gonna allow you to post or schedule from the desktop it does have a couple different nuances um one is that you can do igtv using the creator studio which most third i don't know of any third-party tools schedule igtv um so that is different so if you're regularly using igtv then this is different and better than a third-party tool and then within just an instagram post itself It has this really, which I thought was really cool because these are things that matter to me. Um, When you're typing up your caption, it actually tells you how many characters you have remaining. So it's got the little countdown ticker on it, right? Because I write long captions. So I'm like, oh, look, I only have 100 characters left. (laughs) Um, Good to know. And then um, it also tells you how many at mentions you have left and how many hashtags you have left to use. So if you're putting your hashtags in that caption, then it will say, you know, 28 remaining, 22 remaining, 12 remaining. So you can actually make sure you don't go over the count of 30 hashtags. Um, there's no option to put a subsequent comment for your hashtags. So if you're going to use them, you do have to put them in the caption, but it's a really easy interface. Like you literally go to facebook.com forward slash creator studio, you log in and go to the Instagram tab and then you hit create post. And then it's really, that's it. Like you have the option to upload your content. You type in your, your caption, you schedule or you post. Like it's, it's really easy to use. You know, I had a couple of people joking with me like, wow, if I can figure this out, anybody can figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> it is a really easy user interface. Um, you can also do carousels on this. So you can do photos and videos up to 10. There's a weird nuance with it though, where like, if you, you have to choose add content. And then once you do that, you can only pick from one like one file window on your computer and you have to pick all the ones you want. Once you've picked three and uploaded them, you can't go back and add more. Mm. So you have to pick them all in one bulk upload and put them in there. So just a random note, you may want to put them all in one specific file folder if they're coming from different files, you know, locations on your computer. And then that way you have them all and just select them and upload. But other than that, super easy to use. And it's, I mean, it's for everybody, it's its rolling out. It, it hasn't really hit everybody because we never know how these rollouts happen, <laughs> um, but it is there for everybody. It's not limited by account size or whether you know, you're the creator account or a business account or that sort of thing. It's there for you to use, which is awesome.
0: Now I have a cool. question. We know that it's gonna do posts and we know that it can do IGTV. Is stories getting left out in the cold here?
2: It is. So stories are not included in this functionality. I would assume, not knowing anything, I wish I had my secret bat phone, but I don't, I would assume stories will come later. I think at this point, they're still trying to keep stories as non-scheduled content. They want to keep it real raw and instant. And so they're like, the API is not supportive of this. You know, they're not, they're not allowing it. It's like, okay, they're really not wanting to promote this as an option. So it's something that maybe down the road, you know, if everyone kind of really wants it or they see the the need to move in that direction. But I mean, Instagram has been around for what, like eight years and we just now have some sort of desktop functionality. So who knows when, if ever they'll allow us, you know, to do stories that way.
1: Right. And for so long, Instagram has just really been focused on being mobile for spontaneous, in spite of being highly stylized and highly polished, you know, I mean, yeah. that's kind of the joke, right? So, but uh, I wanted to share with our listening audience that you, Jen, have an article publishing on our site how to schedule Instagram posts on a desktop without third party tools. And that is publishing. On Monday, so uh, you know if you're looking for a very clear step by step, go to our site and you will get more from Jen there. But that's not all the Instagram news from today. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. But oh, wait, there's, there's more. more.
0: Yes. So this is th- this is somewhat big news and also not big news at all, depending upon your opinion. Um basically this was rumored and then confirmed by Facebook that both Instagram and WhatsApp will be rebranded with quote from Facebook to come after their name. Mm-hmm. And Jen I just want to get your raw thoughts. I mean to me I'm going to hold my thoughts. I want your your thoughts first. <laughs>
2: I'm like, this could open up a whole debate. Uh, So here's the thing. Instagram's already started doing this. If you actually go to Instagram and go to your settings page, you will actually see at the very bottom, it says Instagram from Facebook or for Facebook or whatever it is down there. So they've already implemented this. My understanding from the you know sphere of randomness that's out there because no one tells us anything definitive is that this is a direct response to the FTC uh, ruling that came down. I don't think that this is something the FTC required of them necessarily, but that they're trying to mitigate something where the FTC regulations came back against them. There, there was the five you know billion dollar fine that they have to pay for all of these privacy violations, and I think some of that stems from the fact that you know, and we know that Facebook owns Instagram and we know that when there's a a Facebook privacy violation or a breach or whatever, and everyone goes, I'm leaving Facebook and I'm going to Instagram. And we're like, really? Like, you don't think that's the exact same vulnerable information? But people don't know. I think Marie Smith shared, I think the stat was 57% of Americans don't know that Facebook owns Instagram. So I think this is part of that regulation and and legality of it where they're trying to be like, okay, we'll be a little bit more clear about the fact that we're owned by Facebook. So people can't do the whole, I'm leaving Facebook and going to Instagram and not realizing that their information isn't any safer, but I mean, it's so minimal. It's not like the Instagram logo has for Facebook splashed across it. You know, WhatsApp doesn't have, you know, the big Facebook logo behind it. It, It's not prominent, but it is definitely some sort of legal move to make it a little bit more clear that they are owned by the same entity and that if there's any privacy or legal concerns, it is across the whole family of apps.
0: So do you think that I I get what you're saying? You're saying and I wasn't really thinking about this term in terms of legality. My first thought was this is Facebook either trying, this is Facebook's attempt to seem cooler. This, this to me was like as if they were Microsoft saying, hey, we don't just have PowerPoint, we also have Xbox. We're cool guys. Come play in our sandbox. So well, and, and the I thing mean, is, and I the mean, thing there is,
2: could be a little play for popularity,
0: right? And 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 the thing is, is that that ha- that can go one of if that's the the motivation, and even if that's not the motivation, that can go one of two ways or both ways, really. It can be, hey, Facebook actually is pretty cool. They own Instagram and WhatsApp. Okay, good. Or it can come across as, wait a second, Instagram and WhatsApp are owned by Facebook. I'm out of there then too.
2: And I, th- I think it's the latter. I think if there is going to be a public reaction, it's going to be, we hate Facebook. If Facebook owns these apps, we hate them too. And like I said, it's going to come down to individual usage because the average person isn't in our world of understanding how these things work. And I, I mean, I have people who don't understand social media ask me all the time, you know, how is Instagram different than Facebook and why do I need one versus the other? And It, you know, just even not understanding that difference, let alone this level of difference. And they're going to be like, no, no, we're scared of Facebook. So now we're scared of everything else. And I think it could have a very negative impact. But even then, for all the people who are like, we're done with Facebook, they still grow every quarter over quarter. You know, everyone that's, quote, leaving Facebook still is back on Facebook two months later. You know, it they're not really going anywhere because there's nowhere for them to go. And that's Facebook owns the world when it comes to social media. I mean, aside from YouTube, Facebook pretty much <laughs> owns everything. So if people are going to leave, like they're going to end up on, you know, TikTok or something, which I'm sure Facebook will try to buy next year anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Or
1: recreate, right? Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, good points. I was listening to uh, Tom Webster, huge data nerd. I really love what he does. I was listening to him on some podcast uh, or data he would re- he had brought up referenced. And it was basically looking at this graph over time of all the social media channels and the growth there. And then the kind of plateau slash dip of Facebook, a lot like what's been in our um, industry report recently. And it was funny because it was like this Snapchat... Like a ghost was sneaking Ooh. up slowly behind and kind of, it was weird. Like Snapchat was continuing to grow and it was just like things were kind of plateauing. And anyway, so Facebook's not in danger of going away anytime soon. In other words, because yeah. again, we even with Mari last week talked about all these different numbers, ad numbers, user numbers, all still continuing to go up in the midst of all of these, let's say PR topics. Well, we have
2: to get out of the silo of North American and maybe even European concerns over privacy issues with Facebook. There are people around the world in, you know, tons of other countries that don't have those same concerns that aren't necessarily looking at things the way that maybe we as marketers are or that we as a general public are from, you know, privacy concerns and political concerns and that sort of stuff. So, you know, even if, you know, the North American population does take a dip, they've you know, still got the rest of the world to go after that's going
1: to continue to grow.
0: For sure. Yeah. So I guess we're we going to have to wait and see on this one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I, I,
1: well, and related yeah. news uh, like this week on Bloomberg, uh, they reported that uh, Facebook wants to integrate. It, yeah. Well, we, we've talked about this before. We talked about the beginning of the year and then again around F8. But Facebook is integrating their Messenger, Direct and then WhatsApp. And so there was an update in Bloomberg saying that they are still continuing to move towards that. So I mean, I think this is just part of their continued domination I guess or no just their continued like you know interoperability right the interoperability Yeah, Yeah, it's, you know, it's the fact that right now, if you
2: are on WhatsApp or on Instagram DMs or on Facebook Messenger, you are in silo. You don't have the option to reply from one to the other. And I just, yeah, I just saw something this week about, you know, they're moving forward very, you know, strongly with the integration on the, um, specifically the one I read was on Instagram DMs to Messenger and being able to integrate them in the very near future. So it's definitely something that, you know, they have been working hard on this and it is is—it's that interoperability it's convenience it's world domination <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it, for me i would love to see some seamless for me it's like wait a second i've got all these social media inboxes already if you can combine like three of them in one i don't use whatsapp but if you can put instagram dms and facebook messenger all in one place at least for me to check at the same time great so,
2: and as long as it's easy, cause that's yes. the, like the whole Facebook business page where you can have your Instagram DMS go into your Facebook business page, but that's so clunky and it's so awkward to like check messages and, and actually interact with it that it's, I refuse to even check that inbox. I just, it's got like 5,000 open messages right now because I refuse to go in there. So it does have to be seamless. Like we're used to Facebook Messenger and how streamlined that is. So it does need to keep that fluidity in order for people to really adopt it. But I'm sure that they're, you know, working
1: on that. One
0: uh, one other thing that just occurred to me is that then when this is finally implemented, message bots for Instagram Mm -hmm. will potentially be an option as well.
2: Oh, Amanda Robinson and I have had conversations about <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like you're hinting at something, but anyways, yes, she, she's, she's our next guest. Like,
1: oh, don't get me all excited.
0: Yes. So.
1: Uh, focus. So focus, got- Jen. Focus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. We got well, one more yes.
1: Instagram story. Yeah. So I, I focus, then we can go off. And then, okay. So Instagram purged a bunch of meme pages late last week, July end of July. And then they did an about-face Monday morning and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So, you know, hired, brought some of them back and then hired a new strategic partnership manager devoted managing to meme accounts, which I think is really funny because you go and do something where you regret it over the week. You do something over the weekend. You regret it Monday morning. You're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. You know, So <laughs> well, yeah, and this,
2: I mean this was one of those things like actually when they did the purge of all these meme accounts I was like yes
1: I was actually totally <laughs> for it cuz I hate meme accounts. But okay, but tell us, tell us me as an elder millennial, let me ask you, what is a meme account? So tell us most more. Of these ones, these these kind of
2: bigger meme accounts are ones that basically all they do is post memes. Right. So they're the, like, it's a random image and then it's got like the big white bold text on it. So like, there's all the, I can has cheeseburger ones where it's usually a cat and it's, you know, they mm-hmm. do those sorts of things. Or there's always like, you know, the mom life ones that you get, you know, and you will always see the, um, you know, from the hunger games and she's got, you know, the, the symbol up and it's, you know, I got you, mom. Like it's all those, like those are some of the cleaner ones. Um, There's obviously not some that are not so clean. (laughs) So the issue with memes, and this is where I can see what happened was they came back and said that these meme accounts were violating the terms of service. Mm -hmm. And these meme accounts have millions of followers. They have hundreds of thousands of likes and engagement on their posts because they're all just these fun, random, you know, they're, they're trendy. They're very topical. They're things that are, you know, they're mixing in with pop culture in that way, but they actually violate a lot of copyright laws. So you're using other images, you're using images from movies and, you know, music videos or other people's photos, and you're creating your own content with it. And then this content is getting all of the attention and you're giving no copyright attribution to the original creator of that content. So that technically is a huge violation of Instagram terms of service, which is why they came in and said, oh, we're we're deleting this. You can't do this. You're all in violation. Now, it's also hypothesized that on the back end, these meme accounts were doing scandalous things in terms of like spam bots and a lot of yeah. other things that violated terms of service. And they were hiding behind the fact that they were a popular meme account, but they were selling likes. They were doing things that are further in violation of the actual terms of service and that that was why they got shut down and it was Mm -hmm. but of course they came back and said we're memes and we're popular and everybody loves us and how dare you do this and so of course then instagram had to come back and be like well now everybody hates us we have to put them back (laughs) because everybody wants this meet me all the meme content so it it was definitely a multi-layered aspect that a lot of people i don't think understood the back-end reason for why these accounts were shut down but you know, to your point, they've gone out and they're hiring somebody to come in and help with the publishing and, and the media mm-hmm. side of it as a strategic partnership manager or director, something like that, which I think is good. We were kind of chatting in, in the break room or the break room <laughs> in the green room um, about, you know, whether or not this is going to be good for publishers. Right. And in reality, I mean, I think it's good that they're willing to learn and grow and bring people. Mm-hmm. On that are going to be more aligned with, you know, again, Instagram skews to a younger generation. And let's say you have us older millennials and people older than us, you know, in the, you know, kind of older generations making all these business decisions. And then they're right. alienating their target audience by taking away all of the fun factors, which is why, you know, people. that's why these name accounts are huge because people love them. It is huge pop culture. It's hugely relevant. And then when you mm-hmm. take away that fun factor, people are like, well, we'll go somewhere else, you know, <laughs> Obviously they don't want to lose everybody. So I think it's good. I think we have to see how it plays out and how they mitigate some of these things, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a good step in the right direction.
1: Cool. Well, and this about face happened on the Atlantic of all places, right? So so I got up my reading glasses and you know, read all 40 pages of it, right? So Lila King, who is the head of news and publishing partnerships for Facebook, what she was quoted in the saying, curation, they recognize that curation is a kind of creation. So, and recognize that there's a shift in internet norms around accounts dedicated to posting other people's content. And so as marketers that want to leverage a lot of that pop culture, jump in on it, jump in on those conversations, so to speak, how should we go forward? How, what, what caution should we take in our curation? So, and it it does like hover on a boundary line, right? Like, it's easy
2: to be like, oh, there's this whole viral trend going on and I'm going to jump on it. And you can often look worse for jumping on it because it looks like you're trying too hard and you're, you know, you're trying to jump on a bandwagon that has nothing to do with your industry. And, yeah. you know, for example, you know, when there was the whole the egg thing on Instagram and everyone was trying to capitalize on the egg and everyone was posting things about eggs. And I'm like, unless you literally sell eggs, stay out of it. <laughs> You know, like unless you were literally like a breakfast restaurant that has eggs, stay out of it. But and that's where you kind of have to find how does this trend or whatever this, you know, viral moment is, does it relate to your brand? Or are you just trying to piggyback on top of something that whole, um, you know, viral series where it was all of the first responders challenging other first responders to the lip sync contest? It stayed relevant because it stayed amongst the first responders when anybody outside of a first responder environment tried to do it you're like dude like what are you doing you don't belong here it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when it comes to researching it you know check out the explore feed on instagram you know go to twitter go look and see what is going on what people are talking about what's showing up as popular content and then look and see you know if there's articles on things like you know huff post or the verge or any of these other types of publications that are talking about trendy things and look and see if it's, again, is it relevant to what you do? And is it something that you can actually create in an organic type way? I can't remember. What was the song? There was a whole viral song. And then there oh, was the like the Kiki. Kiki Challenge. Kiki, yes. And he was a veterinarian or like a dentist or something that he did. it, And he was like the hot dentist that did it. And everybody was like, I'm oh, yeah. going to get my teeth cleaned. And like, but like he played into it, but it was so natural because you could tell it was his personality to jump in on that trend. It wasn't totally awkward. It wasn't unrelated even though it was unrelated specifically to his brand, he fit in naturally to that style. And if you're trying too hard to be like, okay, we're gonna do a lip sync challenge we're the most awkward human beings on the planet, it's going to fall flat on its face and it's gonna hurt you. So don't just jump on it because everybody's doing it. Jump on it because it ties into your brand and or is a natural fit for your type of content creation because not everybody are video stars. Not everybody's a writer. Not everybody is you know gonna be able to sing or act or whatever it is. So tread lightly but be willing to you know take a chance too. you know you you know this guy the dentist if you've never done it no one would know who he
1: was so it can pay off if you do it well let me tell you the dancing dentist hit my demo right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh, man uh-huh. That's the target market right here
0: wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the Instagram news for this week. I'm sure there'll be more coming soon, but Jen, it's been great talking with you as usual. Thank you so much for being here. I do want to remind everybody your article about the Facebook creator studio publishing tools for Instagram without using third-party tools uh, will be out on Monday. This this show drops on Saturday as you're maybe listening to it now. It might be Monday already. And so- (laughs) Go over to Social Media Examiner. You'll find it right there. And uh, it'll walk you through the steps of everything you can do with it and for it. And uh, thank you so much, Jen.
1: Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye,
0: Bye, Jen. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Fun times. Let's bring in our next guest (laughs) for more of the same. Uh Sorry, up next right. no, 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 no. <laughs> up next, we're gonna be talking about Facebook ads related things. And our next guest, Amanda Robinson, is here. Amanda Robinson is the founder of The Digital Gal and a Digital Nomad. You can find out more about her at thedigitalgal.com. Amanda Robinson, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you so much. So happy to be back.
0: Yeah, so Facebook expanding search ad placements to more advertisers. So for those of us who hear the words search ads, uh, remind us what that is. I know what it is, uh, but I think maybe grace forgets. So can you fill her in? I'm joking. I'm joking.
3: (laughs) So search ads, this is a new placement that Facebook has introduced into the options of where you can place ads. So it's expanding the ad inventory and now allowing us to place ads in Facebook search. So where Facebook searches, where you find that when you go to the search bar, when you're in Facebook and you're typing in, whether you're searching for a person's name or you're searching for a page or you're searching for a topic, when you, whatever you type in the search bar, Facebook pulls, up a whole list of groups pages people um all sorts of fun things in that whole search and well now facebook looks to be uh, they've been testing it this past year but now it looks like they're starting to roll out ad inventory within that search
0: very cool so uh is there any kind of stipulation i mean one of the things that i uh, i see here is that unfortunately you can't just run a search ad you have to have it also be concurrently a newsfeed ad
3: Exactly. So apparently it's a newsfeed ad, um, a static image or a carousel ad. And I think part of the reason behind why why that makes sense is that the way that the ads pull or sorry, the way that content pulls into that search feed is it's not live playing videos, it has to look like it's a native integration into, into that space instead of all of a sudden an ad just popping up out of nowhere. I mean, everything, when it comes to Facebook advertising is about making it look natural and having it natively integrate and fit. So by opening up the ad inventory placement for search in that search, search feed, um, it has to look, has to be a good fit. So not all types of ads are available right, right now.
0: What are some of the other uh, stipulations that marketers need to be aware of in terms of these ads?
3: The other stipulations, oh, okay, so search ads. let's let's discuss this. Yes. so how how do you get found for a Facebook search ad? it's all based on keywords, but it's not like Google search where you can go and put an ad together and say what keywords you wanna bid on and put it out into, into market. It's quite different as from what we understand from all the information coming out on it, it's reading keywords that are found on your page. So make sure that if you want to be found in search for you know, me in particular, it's Facebook ads. So I need to make sure that on my page, I have in my descriptions, in my about me section, uh, everywhere that I have the opportunity to, that I'm talking about and have Facebook ads present. That is a very relevant keyword for someone like me. So if you have a whole lot of content on your page that isn't quite relevant to what you do, who you are, what you promote, then it will not marry up very well when it comes to search ads. So that's just something to keep in mind. And it's something that uh, we don't have a lot of visibility to right now on exactly how they have it set up and how it's working, but that's essentially the gist of it. If you have those keywords present on your page, then you have the ability to be found in these search ads. So it's expanding the audience that that can potentially see your ads based on how relevant you are.
0: Okay. Good. Thanks for clearing that up. And then is this going to be available to any and all advertisers? And do we know anything else about like how much further out this will roll out for those of us who don't have it yet?
3: It's starting to roll out. uh, I've just noticed it recently in my, in my ads manager as an ad placement that's popped up recently. Um, I know they were testing it to a small group over the past year. And I think it's starting to roll out globally. And as with anything, Facebook ads related (laughs) or Facebook related in general, it's going to be hit and miss on whether you have it or, or don't have it. There's also, um, I know there's, another ad placement that was rolling out for Instagram explore feed. And some people are seeing that now and some people don't have that. So it's, it's shifting and changing. So it's just something to keep your eyes open for and and to see if it's available. But even when it is available, I do want to note that it may not be the best placement for you as an advertiser right now. Mm -hmm. So personally, I'm seeing this as Facebook needs more ad inventory. They need more places that they can put our ads that we're, we're bidding on when you actually Take a look at your ads. If you're just running automatic placements on your ads and throwing money at it, letting it run. You're probably going to find a lot of your money or a lot of your your clicks are going to be spent in the audience network or in places that may not be serving your ad content the best or serving, representing your business the best. It's still distributing out that content. The ads are being seen, but it might not be getting you the desired results you're looking for. And that's my concern with these search ads is that when you have automatic placement set, just let Facebook pick and choose where they're going to put these ads. It may not be the best bang for your buck right now. Uh, So it's something to keep an eye on. If you are going to do automatic placements, let Facebook pick and choose where they're going to put it. Just do yourself a favor, circle back into your ads manager, look at the results, do the breakdowns and look at uh, your ad results by ad placement and see if it's working for you. And if it's not working for you, then it's something that you can omit. You can edit your placements and omit that as an ad placement. But it's certainly, I definitely encourage you as an advertiser to start experimenting with it because I've noticed over the years that when Facebook launches something new, it gets favored. You know, when Facebook Live first rolled out, it was completely favored. Uh, Any new feature they roll out or any new feature they relaunch, like when they relaunched uh, Canvas ads and called them instant experience ads and made a a big deal about that. There's encouragement to try out new features because they want people to adopt these and start using them. So it's worth experimenting with. But I still recommend making sure that you're peeking at your ad
1: results. Don't don't do advertising with the Facebook ad blinders on, <laughs> please. <laughs> yes, well, I, mean, I wanted to share why this is significant, and so I, I pulled up the stat uh, while we were chatting, and it's it says that Facebook handles 1.5 billion searches against two trillion posts in its index. This is still a way off from. Google's 3.5 billion, but 1.5 and 3.5 billion is still, both of them are still pretty impressive, right? Uh, They have been working, Facebook has been working on making search suggestions more personalized and more timely. Uh, Now they include public posts as well as groups, right? And so you can search for something in groups. I mean, I do a lot of that too. And then, um, so they are, I think search is something that people are jumping on and using on Facebook. And so I think as that gets refined, these ads will get refined. But this is great. This is great insight on on what they are and what they can and can't do. <laughs>
3: well, and I, I see Facebook positioning, making a lot of changes to how they're positioning things like you're seeing right now that image sizes, image and video sizes for mobile are changing. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to align all of their different puzzle pieces in a way that's going to integrate with all the new changes as things are rolling out. So it's anytime changes like this come about, it usually means that a larger change is coming from Facebook. So they're, they're yeah. realigning all the pieces so that they all fit together properly with all the new updates. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with different, the rumblings of different styles of news feeds that they've been testing that when it comes to search, you know, search might not be as buried or as tucked away. It might be something that becomes more prominent in the future. So just some things for us to keep an eye on.
1: Absolutely. No, that's good insight.
0: Next up in Facebook news, Facebook ad news, specifically Facebook announced that they are going to be removing thousands of targeting options, but hold up. They will be outdated and infrequently used. So again, Facebook even stated themselves that they don't expect most advertisers will even notice or hopefully not even care about this. Amanda, do you agree with that? And have you heard anybody complain about this?
3: I haven't heard anybody complain about it because I don't think people are as aware of as to how many terrible advertising targeting options are out there. I think this is a completely good move. There's Facebook is just this complete Frankenstein of advertising options that have been sort of clicked together over the years and it's kind of grown into this beast. So it's definitely due for a good little facelift and a little bit of a cleanup in the back end because what I find is it's almost like a little bit of a trap for new newbie advertisers, people who are just starting to get into advertising. You have the ability to go in and and Customize your targeting based on all these different interests and uh job titles and behaviors and all these wonderful things. But one thing people generally aren't paying attention to is the sizes of those audiences. So for Mm -hmm. example, you might have some completely obscure interest in their like cat training. That's actually not really that obscure. I don't know. (laughs) But there's all sorts of different niches, but you might have something crazy obscure. That it comes up as a targeting option, but it might only have uh, a thousand people within that targeting option. But if you're targeting in your specific, it's like a thousand people globally. If you're targeting in your specific neighborhood, there might only be one or two people that fall into that category. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep adding more and more and more and more interest, try and grow that audience size to be something relevant. And that can really throw off new advertisers. If you're not paying attention to how these interests are being curated Uh, and that we don't really have a good roadmap on how they're being curated. Uh, Back in the day, it used to be, you know, you could target somebody else's page. Say a page name, but it's just an interest. So it could be people who like that page, it could be people who interact with that page, people who have done any type of behaviors across the internet where Facebook is tracking it, that suggests that that is an interest to them. But we have all these little splintered, tiny, itty bitty, random, completely random interests that are floating around out there. And I think it's just digital clutter. I think it is confusing to advertisers who aren't um, as savvy when it comes to audience building. So I really think that this is a good cleaning of a house. And just to add to that, the number of targeting options out there are far deeper and far further reaching than majority of people have any concept of. It is right. massive. So, what you see in your little search box when you're, wh- whether you're using the, the Facebook um, Audience Insights tool to do your audience insights research, or whether you are just creating your audience um, using the Saved Audience tool and building it out as you go using the, the dialogue box, the suggestions, the browse, uh, what's coming up in that search. Is a very very limited number of those targetable options. It's and even sometimes when you go to type in a, a targeting option that you know exists, you know it exists, and as you're typing in, you want it to autofill. It doesn't always <laughs> autofill, but yeah. if you were to, if you were to copy and paste that interest exactly to a T drop it in, it would be a live interest and it would take it. So there's so much more below the surface. It's like an iceberg. So Facebook Target was like an iceberg and now Facebook is is cleaning everything up so that it's a little more clean and clear cut and nobody's going to notice. In all honesty, I really highly doubt any advertisers are going to notice this. However, for those of you, if you do happen to have one of those obscure interests in your target audience, those are going to be depreciated. They're going to be removed and eliminated. And you do need to pay attention. I find a lot of advertisers ignore the tiny little warnings that come up on the top of their ads manager. It's mm-hmm. usually a tiny little type, a little dialogue box, and they just click the X. There's, a, You know, you get all sorts of random information. I had one recently, you know, Facebook overcharged you and we'll be redepositing six cents into your ad account, like, but by not paying attention, That's where you will be notified of any of Mm -hmm. these targeting changes. And if any of your audiences that are on active ads are relying on any of those obscure targeting options that are being removed, you Mm -hmm. you do need to go back into your own audiences and edit those audiences, make changes and make sure it's not impacting your ads. So if you get those little notifications, don't just click them and ignore them, read what it (laughs) says,
1: but take, take the time to know this change is coming. It should really shouldn't affect you. Right. And they're giving advertisers a long lead up because they announced it back at towards the end of July. There's, they're going to start alerting people in August. They're giving people a few months to still use them. And then when they finally get rid of them, they're going to send that alert. Right. So they're giving people I mean, they said month. It didn't specify exact date. Right. And so they will be prompted. So and this I, isn't this isn't the first time that they've yeah. removed targeting options. This this has happened
3: in the past, uh, especially related to the real estate industry. So oh, really? And I've seen it impact clients in a very big way where all of a sudden their ads completely tanked and it was a big ripple effect. And it was very detrimental to those advertisers who were not paying attention to their audiences. But this round, I don't see that happening. I think they're insignificant and I think it's just good housekeeping.
1: Was that related to I know they cracked down on being able to target against certain demographic things, right? Not entirely sure on the, on that
3: one, but I know it was okay. a big enough change that it, it made some impact. And something to keep in mind, uh, certain countries might have certain targeting options right. that other places may not as well. Right.
1: Well, and the things cited in, in Marketing Land were old movies, band names, and old cultural references.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: man. <laughs> I know. I can't and just target for Nickelback anymore. Oh! No! I- I'm going to use a Canadian reference.
3: Come on. Sorry.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. So uh, (laughs) moving on, we've got one more piece of news here. Amanda, you actually broke this news. Uh, You were the first person to uh, share this, that, that Facebook, that Facebook reach will now be including the stats from Facebook stories. So mm-hmm. where did you see this and when did you see this? Like what what all was the information as you saw this pop up in your account, which alerted me to it as well.
3: That's all it was. It was just a pop-up right within my account when I was looking at my stats. I was just looking at my page insights via the page insight, the pages app and got notif- that notification that all of a sudden stories are now going to be counted as reach within your reach stats. So your Facebook stories, we're not talking Instagram stories, we're talking Facebook stories, view counts on those stories are now going to be counted toward your reach. So I stumbled across it and it's one of those, I'm, I'm a metrics geek, anything to do with Facebook analytics and Facebook metrics, I get very excited about. So even small little changes like this makes me go, Ooh, that can have a large impact. If you have a very high view count of your stories in Facebook. For most of us, probably not right now. Stories in Facebook are still still getting traction. We'll say. Uh, I personally, I share. I just have my Instagram linked to my Facebook, and when I post an Instagram story, I automatically share it to my Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is again just talking Facebook business page, not your personal right. personal stories. So for me personally, it's not going to make a huge impact because my view counts, my view counts on my stories in Facebook are they're itty bitty compared to Instagram, which Instagram has a a great splash, a great impact when it comes to story views. But uh, we do know that Facebook is making big strides to make stories more prominent and stories more relevant. So I'm sure that this again is just one of those little puzzle piece alignment changes that is getting ready for growing into the future where stories on Facebook will be much more prominent.
1: Right. I, and it was late last year that uh, Mark Zuckerberg stated that he expects stories to be on track to over overtake posts in the feed as the most common way people are sharing across apps. And they've been investing in it. So just yesterday, this other Found in the Wild app, and this one was from Matt Navarro, where uh, it appears that Facebook seems to be testing a new stories option which allows users to upload a series of still images, like a slideshow, into their stories. And this was um, on iOS only is also being tested. We don't know much about it. So it looks like, you know, they are trying to make trying to hasten the adoption of stories. Is that something that you're seeing? I know you're saying that, you know, you will post on Instagram stories and they'll share and that works. And I see a lot of people doing that. It's cool. Yeah. Number- but Is it our are, are Facebook stories on its own doing well? The trend that I've been seeing with myself as well as clients?
3: No, right. As of right now, No, but I can see even Leslie in the comments here is saying, has anybody noticed that um, they're getting an increase in Facebook story views recently? So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a small little algorithm tweak happening. And if Mm -hmm. Facebook stories all of a sudden start to become more prominent right now, I'm not seeing them have a great impact, although I have seen the same as what Leslie is saying. He, He saw I'm starting to see, you know, back where they only used to get five or six views. Now it's, you know, 30 or 40 views. So it mm-hmm. is changing. It is happening. And I, a lot of that I do believe has to do with when Facebook moved um, stories up into the feed. So as you're scrolling through your newsfeed, you have yes. a whole bunch of stories anchored at the top that you can visually see without having to dig into them. Um, So it's a good visual cue and that has made some changes and I'm positive we will see more changes coming out as to how we consume stories on Facebook. So I think all of these are just moves to better align what we're going to see come out in the future. But from an an analytics nerd standpoint, yeah, this gets me excited that now it's being counted toward your overall reach because it should, it's your content that you're putting out on Facebook and it is reaching an audience and that audience should be counted in your overall reach. So I'm very excited to see that.
0: Yeah. Well, as we, as we get more information on this and as they roll out more Facebook ads, as well as Facebook stories, news, we will talk more about it on the show. Amanda, Great to see you as usual. Thank you so much for thank helping you. us decipher with your, well, let's just say geek hat. You're not wearing <laughs> one, but thank you for helping us thank understand you. this better.
3: Thank you so much.
0: See you later. Bye. All right. That is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We would love to remind you that the show notes for this episode, everything that we mentioned, you can find inside of the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com news. It drops every Saturday right with the show. You can find the audio for this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher pick your podcast listening app of choice and just type in social media marketing talk show and then hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I wanna say thank you to Grace Duffy for bringing a great co-host and producer.
1: Thank you, Eric, for being an excellent host. And thank you to Jen and Amanda for being great guests. It was a very fun and exciting conversation. Definitely lots to absorb and take in.
0: (laughs) We will be recording our next episode of this show on Friday, August 23rd, 2019 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can join us live to record it by heading over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash show. And with that, I will say thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next episode.
1: Bye. Thank you, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.
0: Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com
3: to find out more.